and welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we are talking about Babysitter's Club number 19, Claudia and the Bad Joke. Hmm. I did not read this uh, as a kid, I don't think. Did you guys? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I read 1 to 20, definitely, because I had them in my house. Ah, yes, the buy and sell batch. The buy and sell, (laughs) exactly. So what Um, did you remember? I, until I saw the cover, I had no memory of it. Then I saw the cover, which showed Claudia with her leg in the cast. And I went, oh yeah, they babysit a kid who plays loads of pranks and Claudia somehow breaks her leg. And that was my only recollection of the entire book. I think for my rereads, I felt obliged to start from one and I'd run out of steam and read something else before I got to the end. So in the higher teens, uh-huh. and the, the, the fewer times I've reread them, so I'm a little less familiar, but uh, it makes I, sense. I definitely had it. I definitely read it. Um, and I kind of regret my childhood habit of not reading books out of order because I should have just read the ones I liked. <laughs> I would often give up around uh, Boy Crazy Stacy. Yeah. That, I understand that, 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 though. I had the same thing about reading them out of order. Like, now I would find that fine, but I think I would have found it very anxiety-inducing <laughs> as well. What about you, Karen? Oh, I I definitely read them all out of order because I acquired them so kind of haphazardly. Um, and uh, I had no notion of continuity. And they don't do that much of it. People come and go a bit, but not yeah. so much in these early ones. Yeah, I read this one a load of times. I definitely had this one. I think I had the American cover because I was looking at the UK version that you put up on the WhatsApp and was like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should talk about that. It, yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Um, but no, I remember the main plot of this quite well. Or so I thought. So yeah, um, I, I have Prank Goes Bad, Claudia Gets Hurt, Considers Leaving the Club. Um, Club takes the extremely unusual step of saying they won't sit for the family anymore. And I'm like, when I got to the end of this reread, I was like, that's a false memory. Yeah. I have a false <laughs> memory about this book. That's yep. weird. That does not happen. But anyway, I've just summarized the plot for you. Sorry, spoilers. Um, yes, that's the entire plot. That's That's basically it. There isn't a whole lot else going on in this book. And it was very short. It really felt like... Uh, I was I was rushing to finish it last week and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to read it in the car. Sorry about this. And I was like, that's fine. Um, I had 10% left to go. And then I was like, five minutes later, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it ends quite abruptly, actually. Mm. It's just yeah. like, okay, then it was fine. Uh, and everyone was fine. The end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Continuity has been restored. Yep, basically. Um, yeah, I'm just pulling up this cover um it's <laughs> i mean she's recognizably human okay the thing about it that really struck me was the posture and the fact that she's sitting in a hospital bed and i just have a really strong sense that um the bundle she's holding in her arms was a baby yeah uh, in the original version of this picture until the artist was told actually yeah no this person is a 13 year old she's got a broken leg it's like okay i'm going to i'm going to just Make this into a bouquet of flowers. Would that work? Yeah, that's fine. Because <laughs> the person is kind of ageless. It's really hard to see. I mean, she could be 35. Yeah, yeah. the reference photo was probably someone sitting up at a hospital holding their newborn, a hospital bed holding their <laughs> newborn baby. I that would make sense. Extremely unsurprised to hear that. Like, she's cradling yeah. that bunch of flowers. And she has a radiant look that does not look like a child who's just had a traumatic yeah. leg break. She looks very proud of her bouquet of flowers. She's beaming. She's beaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, it's 
this is a, a coincidence, but it's the it's wrapped in blue paper that's exactly the same color as baby the blankets. Blankets. That they put your baby in in the rotunda. Anyway, I don't yes. know what color they are elsewhere. It's it's hospital <laughs> blanket blue. Like it just is. Yeah, like, I've got a picture of me looking like that. <laughs> She is, I would say, glowing. She is yes. positively glowing. <laughs> it's it it's been a good experience for her. Yeah. <laughs> Having a broken leg and being in hospital for a week. Which is not yeah. how it goes in the book. No. <laughs> UK book covers back on track there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um I mean again, like on a on a basic art skill level, it's not terrible, mm-hmm. but this does not say 13-year-old who broke her leg and is questioning her life choices as a result. <laughs> no, it, it's be, beaming proud new mother. Yeah, beaming proud new mother who's had a few years to get established in her career and has now had the baby she's always wanted. Yeah, she doesn't look yeah. 13. Although, to be honest, it's quite difficult to tell. It's it, The art isn't great. No. I mean, <laughs> it's not back in the um, sort of colouring pencils. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not on the level of the early ones, but it's not, it's not good. successful, particularly. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, plot-wise, there's, it's really a very straightforward plot. Um, oh, yeah, Christy is now obsessed with having food on her to a very I mean, troubling extent. Yeah, I, I, I do like it as an opening line, though. You know, said Christy Thomas, I have never been hit in the face with a pie. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that was a good opener. Also Claudia's rejoinder, yeah, sweet thirteen had never been hit. What a tragedy. <laughs> I that remembered a, that line. It <laughs> was a really good start to the book. But yes, Christy does remain kind of really like I'm glad they don't have the internet. Levels <laughs> of kind of obsessed with the idea of having food all over her. Yeah. yeah. Was that in the last book? Somebody no. is like, um, oh, I've got really into the idea of wearing food, like, you know, hanging cherries from my ears. Or Was that Christy? No, no, that's Christy in this one. Christy oh, that, says oh. she'd like to hang grapes from her earlobes or make a vest out of tea bags. <laughs> She's, she grows up to be Lady Gaga with the meat dress. <laughs> I was going to say she grows up to run a bread face channel on YouTube, but... <laughs> <laughs> is there more than one bread face channel? There's more than one of everything. <laughs> I thought it was, I'd be so annoyed if I'd come up with that and someone else had also started doing it. True. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I, this is a new departure for Christy. Um, she's branching out. Yep. And and this is fully a thing. Like, a, a, at one point, she's wistfully thinking about having buttercream in her eyelashes or something. Yeah. I think where you get it from is in this, actually, it's on the second page on the Kindle of the book. Uh, and Claudia is narrating and saying, the thing is, Christy has always thought it would be kind of cool to wear food. Like, what? No, she hasn't. What no. a strange retcon. Bizarre. <laughs> How are you privy to this information, Claudia? <laughs> this feels like something that Christy's inner monologue would tell us about. <laughs> yeah. Not yours. <laughs> And well, yet. Christy's pretty uninhibited about telling everyone <laughs> just how fascinated she is. That's probably it. Um, yeah, she's like, a double chocolate pie wouldn't be bad at all. Besides, there's always the attraction of wearing food. And Logan looks at Christy as if she were crazy. <laughs> Everybody else is like, well, we know Christy is crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's just got a thing. Yeah, I, I just, I'm really glad that it's the 80s that don't have the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's going to be some niche stuff on there, Christy will find, when she's Googling this. And... Yeah. And the problem, no, she'll be she's into it. She's just very young for that, okay? <laughs> I just... 
Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. Just just wait a few years, Christy. <laughs> um, if you're if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But don't start googling it. Just don't start yet. googling it. Yeah, you're thirteen. <laughs> There's probably a, a weird zine for it back then, but you would need to know. <laughs> you gotta know people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, also, if it's a zine, it's like all the images in it have been photocopied so many times that you really only have the captions word for it that that's what's going on in the picture. <laughs> Ooh, true. Or they're really ugly, like cartoony drawings. Done yes. By somebody who's like known for having a talent for it, but actually it all is really hideous. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, yeah, so they're at this slapstick film festival, which. Uh, they're all very entertained by, but nobody is as entertained as Christy. Yeah. Uh, and while they're there, Claudia is sort of montaging about everybody's backstories as they do. <laughs> At least she's sitting in a movie theater and it can have thoughts like that without, like, you know, crashing the car she's driving or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Derailing the babysitter's club meeting by just being like <laughs> <laughs> gazing into the middle distance. Staring in turn at each of her friends, looking thoughtful while the rest of them are trying to have a conversation and share drunk food. Yeah. So the slapstick film festival does actually kind of sound fun, um, yeah. but it also sounds like like Logan asked Marianne along as a date, and she was like, "Oh, cool! I'll bring the whole babysitters club." <laughs> Thus proving once again that Logan is very long suffering. This is actually something that has been annoying me. Not about Logan's personality hats in these books, and I did it again. I'm pretty sure it's not the only one. It's like. My friends and I have been bored out of our minds until Logan, who happens to be Mary Ann's boyfriend, and they keep wording it that way. Like, why can't you say is? He doesn't happen to be her boyfriend. He is her boyfriend. It's okay. I guess they're trying to downplay huh. it a bit. Like, I don't the- know why, though. There was a whole book about it. Like, yeah, there's no reason to downplay this. I guess it's like he's he's he happens to be Mary Ann's boyfriend, but more importantly, he's a babysitter. Just one that we never have to hang out with, except when we do, because he's Marianne's boyfriend. I guess, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Just, like they should just say that in like properly instead of yeah being weirdly cagey about him being Marianne's boyfriend. <laughs> Is it? He's Marianne's boyfriend right now. Oh, sorry, did I? Uh, I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, like Claudia already tried to take a guy off someone at a party in the last book. So oh, yeah, just just for random, yeah. Maybe Claudia is just a bit salty that Marianne has a boyfriend and she doesn't. Mm. Probably. And she's like, uh, yeah. no big deal, but I guess he's Marianne's boyfriend. <laughs> I, I think I think all of the books do that about him, though. Or certainly multiple of them. With You've been right about that, actually. We should keep an eye out. Yeah, so watching for it, because it's annoying. Mm. Yeah. Um, we also get a couple of little character details on the younger girls. Uh, Mallory desperately wants a glittery sweatshirt but her parents think she's not old enough for it which what the fuck I thought they didn't believe in rules why the hell would you have that as a rule also like what is so adult about a glittery sweatshirt what, what is the danger that I, your 11 year old is exposed like, to by being in a glittery sweatshirt and I think we're, we're rolling back to the first couple of books where Anne M. Martin has this notion that um, little girls wear pinafores, pinafores and clad and knee socks and yeah and saddle shoes and blouses. Maybe Madonna had been just like filmed wearing. You're allowed to wear cool clothes like leggings and glittery sweatshirts when you're older. But I that Demi Moore just got filmed wearing 
just a glittery sweatshirt with no pants on. I mean, <laughs> like maybe that's what just happened. And I was like, oh, it's going to look so cool. I promise I would wear pants. And her parents were like, no. <laughs> this is what, 88, 89? I'm pretty sure I had a glittery sweatshirt. I know, I just made that up. Yeah, like, I'm sure of that. Yeah, is, like, yeah. <laughs> and I was in Catholic conservative Ireland, like... Yeah, I mean, th- these are the parents who famously don't believe in rules and like yeah. this is the hill they choose to die on apparently. Oh, also um, <laughs> in crappy parenting. So Claudia does the obligatory mention of the fact that Jesse is black and everyone was racist and that her dad's uh, response to this is, well, everyone's got problems. Yeah, mm. I think it's we all have our crosses to bear. Yeah. Is the mm-hmm. actual line... Like, uh... Thank you, Mr. Kishi, for that perspective on anti-black racism. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Now, don't share it again. (laughs) I was like, is this the only other parent of colour, like, chiming in on what it's like living in Stony Brook? I guess. Or... But it's not, though. It's just him being all like, oh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I think he's just being weirdly dismissive. Like, yeah. There would be a lot of things you could say if you were like, yeah, no, we we had some difficulties when we moved here to Stony Brook, etc. Because, like, we're the first Japanese-American people, whatever. Like, that would have been very interesting to hear. Yeah. But, yeah, no, actually, it's not that. (laughs) This is just him going, wah, wah, wah. Like, yeah. And the description of uh, Marianne, I kind of like this. It's like, this, uh, they use this so often as this proxy for, like, you know, she's getting boobs and probably has her period. Adolescence <laughs> is happening, guys. Of like, lately she's grown a few inches and has taken much more interest in her wardrobe. <laughs> like, she used to be like Christian that she was very short and didn't care about clothes. <laughs> But then the magic wand of adolescence waved. And now she's like, look at it. It's pine. It's like, <laughs> got such great varnish. You know, I just like to stare at it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the word, the use of the term wardrobe, meaning the clothes that you have, is not as common as these books led me to believe. <laughs> like, there's a later book where Mallory uses um, wanting a new wardrobe as a bargaining chip with her parents. And I was like, she wants furniture? <laughs> wow, I never had that misinterpretation. I was just like, of course, yes, you plus. I, I was I was very small, I think, mm. still reading these. Oh, um, that's adorable. It's not really that common though. Um I I've never I've never noticed it. Like I've mm. never not I don't remember ever not understanding it. Mm. And okay, so I've fair. never if I I think if I recalled it tripping me up as a small child, I'd know how common it was or wasn't. But mm-hmm. as it is, I'm just like, yes, of course, that's a word. Yeah. So I've no idea how common it is. <laughs> Fair enough. I think your youthful confusion is adorable. It's very sweet, actually. I've got more where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like how I didn't notice that nobody in any other country says plug it out for unplug it until I said it to a customer and he broke his whole laughing and was like, yeah, you can tell you're Irish. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like Irish people say that. And then I thought about it and I realised that... Do you think our non-Irish listeners know what he broke his whole laughing means? <laughs> I was just wondering context about that. Clues. Look, context clues. Figure it out. And, um, I mean, our listeners are pretty smart. Yeah, <laughs> they, they can work Google. Things out. And I then thought about it and realised that, like, plug, as in fill a gap, Plug it in. This makes sense. Plug it out is not the opposite of that. Sure it is. <laughs> it's fine. Can I also say, just no, please don't Google um, broke his whole laughing. 
Um, there's a website called slang.ie that you could put that into if you absolutely have to, but I suspect you're going to get bad stuff if you try but it. Basically, up. I mean, don't worry. It's just like, you know, like, literally, it's like broke his arse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's metaphorical for laughed a lot. You know this, listeners. You don't need to Google they it. They can work it out. It's it's just that somebody here recommended that they Google it. And I was like, actually, though, don't. <laughs> no, you're fine. Go ahead. Google it, but put the word Hiberno English after it. Mm. Okay, that's probably a safe place. Hole. Hiberno English. Slang. <laughs> the word hole does a lot of heavy lifting in Hiberno English, <laughs> as you will yeah. discover. <laughs> you look it up. Very true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So next, the girls are having a meeting. Claudia's doing a bit more backstory montaging. Oh, yes. And she mentions just how great Mimi is and how everyone loves Mimi and her friends love Mimi and she loves Mimi and everyone loves Mimi and Mimi is great. What would we ever do without Mimi? Foreshadowing. Uh, The clock is ticking for Mimi. How many books is it? Like seven books. Okay, that's all right. I was worried it was going to be the next one because like... (laughs) They, like they started mentioning Louis a lot more about one book before. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. This is. I guess a human gets a little more lead in. Yeah, Anne's playing mm-hmm. a long game here, but not that long. Uh, but yes, expect lots more loving mentions of Mimi in the next few books. Um, also, Claudia speculates that Marianne does more work for the club than the rest of them put together, which I fucking bet she does. <laughs> <laughs> this is unusually self-aware from the rest of the club. The comment from earlier on about how Christy is very short. Um, yes. Just, <laughs> so in my head, for some reason, Christy is quite tall. I think maybe because I think she's kind of athletic and sporty and I just expect those kind of people to be tall. But it's just sort of comical when it's like underscored that she's short and it's just, like in my head, it's this tiny troll girl yelling at everybody. <laughs> And making them do her bidding. Yeah. <laughs> like it's much all the Christy stuff is way funnier if she's like small and angry instead yes. of being kind of tall and threatening. <laughs> she's thirteen, she looks about eleven. Yeah, yeah, I know that's been said before, but like you could it's be it's so funny to think uh, of it though. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a like, great visual. Just a lot of the character traits described in the books are um rereading them, I'm like, okay, these are foibles. That's good to know. As a child, I was like, oh, no, this is just clearly what some people are. are. You know, this is a, a thing that you can expect of people that, so you you know, you'll go through life and sooner or later you'll have a friend who will wear a visor and yell at you from a director's chair on, on the regular. <laughs> and, and like, Hi, Karen. Yeah, Esther's wearing a visor right now. It's, it's me, your beloved best friend and showrunner. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm here helping you live out your dream. It's yep. fine. <laughs> Where are we at? Where are we at? The Sobaks have phoned up. The Kishis are terrible. Yes, the Kishis suck. Oh my god, the Kishis suck. So much in this. But yeah, first the the the, the, the Sobaks ring and book the babysitter book a babysitter for Betsy mm-hmm. and they're like, That's weird. Most of the other kids at school babysit for her. Huh. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> that. <laughs> yep. Guess they're all busy. Oh yeah, and then Christy squirts blue ink all over Marianne from a joke pen and Marianne is furious, but it turns out it's disappearing ink. Uh, but everyone thinks this prank sucks except for Christy, mm-hmm. uh, which is setting us up for the fact that pranks are bad, TM. Yeah. They are. 
they they really are Mm -hmm. yeah you guys will be very happy with how like solid the anti-prank this book is it's it's an anti-prank manifesto i don't think it's anti-prank enough we'll get into that later all right yeah as an anti-prank manifest manifesto it is problematic (laughs) all right well we will we will debate this further on so yes then the kishis are trash people because Claudia has studied really hard for her test and gotten 81 and her family are like quietly stonily disappointed in her. Yeah, they nobody me- mentions it or they're all sitting around the table and they ask how her test went. She said, oh, I got to be minus and everybody is silent and Mimi pats her arm reassuringly. <laughs> we kind of like, Mimi, I love you, but like, <laughs> this is not the high five that this this mark deserves. 81 is... It's a B. A, a B, like, a B plus in my book. Like uh, It's a B minus. In America, of different grades. Uh, so it's a B minus. But, but she yeah. says it's a B minus. But, like, it's, it's still a B. a B. This kid was barely passing. Yes. And now she's getting a B. And she kind of sadly says that she'd actually been sort of proud of it until her family, like, pissed all over it. So... I just tagged that with Jesus Christ, the Kishi's cat parent. Yeah. This is, yeah. Be proud. She got a B. She worked for it and she got a B. Like, Like, if you don't congratulate her and feel proud for her for this shit, she's never going to bother trying ever again because she gets nothing for it. So angry. I know. Also, I'm sorry. Like, what kind of a scoring system is 81% a B minus? That is bollocks an f for us is like 40 or 45 or something it doesn't work like that in the states you've got to get above 70 or something like that like it's crazy like the everything is concentrated in the top i can't remember exactly how it works but grades the letter grades in the states are not the letter grades we have yeah they're they're like wildly different passing grade in um the irish like leaving search is 40 percent um which is a d uh and you can pass with a d uh, and there are certain subjects where if you get a D, people are like, where are you? Pass, go you! Uh, because they're just known for being extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a below 60 is an F. Mm-hmm. Is a fail? In, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's over 60 is. <sighs> okay. Like, I always wondered how you could get less than half of a test right and pass it, to be honest with you. Uh, but, yeah. I think it's, I guess it's like a, you, you showed the bare minimum understanding of the material. No, no, I get yeah. it. Like, um, yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm, I have my share of D's. Uh, <laughs> on the Leaving Cert, the only thing I didn't do well in in the Leaving Cert, I actually failed. It's chemistry, I got an F. Um, oh no, I didn't, sorry, I got an E. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure what difference that makes. It's you, slightly you less bad marks. fail. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't turn marks. in a blank paper. I think we can all agree the Kishis get an F in parenting. Oh yes. my god, they're terrible. Yeah, this is just mm. poor Claudia. I felt so awful for her. And she's very like, ugh, typical. She's yeah. she's not even like she's like, well, I wish I had got a you know a better response to this, but I guess it's just a normal day. Like she's so resigned to it. Yeah. So yeah, then Mimi's helping her with her homework, and then oh yeah, she talks to Ashley, who I. Mm-hmm. did not think we would ever see again mm-hmm. yeah but uh she talks to ashley on the phone for a while and they talk about art and apparently ashley is still <laughs> kind of on her bullshit and telling her to quit babysitting but whatever uh that is a believable setup for why we never hear of ashley again because yes. if it's like if this is every conversation they have sooner or later people are just gonna drift <laughs> yeah 
um, it's not like, oh, we were such good friends in this one book. And then I got bored with character and stopped writing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's plausible reasons why the, this friendship didn't really last. But An African also, violet situation happening. I can kind of buy them like wanting to talk about art once in a while because the other yeah. girls aren't really that interested. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, oh yeah. Also, someone is doing prank calls and... It's uninteresting and it turns out to be Sam Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if any of you have anything else to say on that, you're welcome to say it, but I have nothing else to say on it. I mean, my only thing is I don't actually know what the jo- the Prince Albert Nakan joke is. No, mm. me neither. I, I don't know what it is. I don't get it. This is the first place I heard of it. I've heard it referenced. I know that the punchline is if you say that you do have it, you say, well, you'd better let him out. I assume it must be Okay, so that's the joke. Product. I didn't know what the punchline was. To right, it, but yeah. also, what the fuck is Prince Albert in a can? It must yeah. be some food or something. Yeah. Prince Albert in a can. Important ethnographic research. Oh, it's tobacco. Oh. Okay, there's a Wikipedia page. Prince Albert Tobacco Wikipedia. It is an American brand of pipe tobacco introduced by the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company in 1907. So definitely very contemporary. Okay, <laughs> there's, a, there's a racist ad. Great. Um... Uh, Prince Albert in a can is a subsection. The brand is the basis of a practical joke usually made in the form of a prank call. Prankster typically calls a store and asks if they have Prince Albert in a can. When the unsuspecting clerk responds, yes, because tobacco is typically packaged in a can, though other forms of packaging also existed, the caller falls up with, well, you'd better let him out, or similar. Okay, so this is... (laughs) I love the straight-faced Wikipedia explanation of the joke. I I love that. Amazing. And it's a really useful piece of information to have, which I don't think a standard encyclopedia would have. No. Oh no, Wikipedia is great for jokes. Okay, so it makes no sense to call someone's house and ask for Prince Albert in a can then. No. Like, do you have some, like, maybe? Just around? If you have a pipe smoker or a cigar, (laughs) like someone who rolls their own in the house, which is not a guarantee even in the 80s. No. No. Okay, Sam is not good at prank calls. Um, But it seems to be a really standard one anyway. Yeah. I'm like, is this a very ancient fossilized joke? It basically is. And it backwards because Claudia says, huh? Prince Albert? (laughs) Which is exactly what I would have said. Yes. It is exactly what this deserves. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the next day, um, she does some background research on Betsy Sobeck and the other kids say that they have refused to babysit her anymore because she does so many practical jokes. <laughs> One of the other babysitters is a boy who goes by the name of Gordon Brown. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I guess be- babysitting for Betsy Sobeck was a good preparation for a career in politics. <laughs> I mean, or not. It, it didn't go so well for him. Good <laughs> no, point. that's true. Yeah, he he climbed the slippery slope. <laughs> Got to the top and immediately slipped right the fuck back down again. The greasy yeah. pole. The, the greasy, greasy pole. pole. Oh my god, my metaphors are not on fleek tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, um, oh. yes, she turns up at the Sobeks. Uh, Mrs. Sobek is hilariously pretentious um, and says things like, Better fly! Ta-ta! Uh, but her which, name is also Cookie, so yeah. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yes, also what the... I mean, there's a Cokie that nobody remarked on a couple of books <laughs> ago, but apparently Cookie is just too eccentric. And she also makes cookies. That's a good point. I wouldn't make that my thing if I was called Cookie. 
I just wouldn't. <laughs> is the cookie made of her or is she made of cookie? She screams for she does not know. Oh, God. Nominative determinism strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she has a real name and she just makes cookies so much that people started calling her that. And she's like, I'm Henrietta. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole personality, you guys. <laughs> No, biscuit lady. Other than being pretentious and beguiling unsuspecting babysitters into minding my awful child while yeah. I leave. <laughs> yeah, she she is another like degrade parent because she gives Claudia absolutely no warning. Also just tells Claudia what corporation her husband works at if she needs to find him. Like, that's not useful in an emergency, but whatever. Um <laughs> Luckily, then, we don't get subjected to too many of Betsy's pranks. She does some pranks. There's, mm-hmm. like, a fake ice cube with a fly in it and a glass that dribbles and whatnot. Um, but it's mercifully over pretty quick because they go out to swing on the swing set mm-hmm. and the chain on Claudia's swing breaks and she falls off and breaks her leg. Dun, dun, dun. So she, uh, we get some useful tips there. We, we do. Get very useful information about what to do in an emergency and what happens when an ambulance comes, basically. And the fact that off screen, the babysitters took a first aid course. Uh, which, oh, did they? Yes. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she says she wondered what, tried to remember what they'd learned in the first aid course they'd taken, but it was hard to concentrate, to which I've written, if only you had a diagram of a digestive system to help you. It's actually good to see the advice being given from the point of view of you're not the person in charge, or rather you are the person in charge and you've been injured, as opposed to being in charge of somebody else who's having an emergency. Because that's Um, scarier. Yeah. Especially at that age, you're like, oh my god, I've got to be the responsible one here, but also I'm 13 Mm -hmm. and my leg's broken. I need my mommy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So she has to scramble around and arrange like alternate care for Betsy. Um, and also, like, not fucking murder Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that she's immobile is probably the main reason she hasn't murdered Betsy. Yeah. But she's very, like, she's very, very calm with her and does not, like, yell at her and say, this is all your fault, you horrible monster child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Yes, it is 100% Betsy's fault. And Betsy is a little bit upset, but, you know, she rings the ambulance and they get Claudia to the hospital um, and it gives pretty good description, I think, when she's in the hospital of the kind of mental processes that you might go through. Yeah, she's really upset because it reminds her of when Mimi was there and she had a stroke and mm-hmm. she starts crying and stuff, uh, which is like nice continuity and kind of, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a pretentious douchebag and say emotional realism, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is though. Yeah, and it just a, she has a lot of complicated stuff going on in her head. Uh, yeah, about uh, yeah, worrying, having a little bit of like processing of the whole accident and going, oh my god, what if this this other stuff had happened? Yeah, um, how bad could it have been? Uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite nicely done. There isn't a whole lot of substance to this book, but sort of the whole. Um, I think, as always, we get a really good monologue from Claudia. Yeah. She's yeah. quite well well done and quite a distinctive sort of voice. Um, and, like, that's probably one of the one of the strengths of this yeah. book, really. <laughs> which doesn't seem to have a B-plot, which is very unusual. Yeah, there's no B-plot at all. I, I wonder, is it shorter than the other ones? Because it, uh, it seems... Yeah. Yeah. There's kind not of. much to it, like. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so she's freaked out uh, because what if she'd broken her arm and then she couldn't do art anymore? And then she worries that maybe babysitting is too dangerous for her to do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then fortunately she falls asleep because of all the good drugs they gave her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, one of the few benefits of being in hospital. <laughs> yes. A lot yeah. of pain. <laughs> the good shit. Also, there's no pandemic and this hospital is a fucking lawless wild west. Uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> everyone is just bringing in unrelated children to visit en masse. <laughs> it's like... It's wild. It's, it, it, it makes for comedy hijinks, but I'm also like, my god, was this was this ever actually realistic? Like, no. this is bonkers. They brought Jamie Newton in and he went and visited some other kid down the hall. I mean, like, yeah. a kid would do that, but, yeah. like, no, like, yeah, I don't think that that's a Teachers thing that... from her school go to visit her. Um, yes. Which is quite a, like... <laughs> I guess they live near the hospital, okay? I mean, I guess. They must like, do, yeah. Yeah, they brought some rando pikes. Um, <laughs> it's just... And then there's this whole weird, like, thing with Claudia's, like, roommate in the hospital room is this poor girl called Cathy, who's, mm-hmm. like really upset about her broken elbow and never gets any visitors or calls or flowers and Claudia feels bad for her and then you think they're going to bond but then they just don't and Kathy just mm-hmm. goes home and you never hear about her again. Yeah, that was weird and especially it was like, and also Claudia never actually likes her at yeah. all because she just keeps complaining that Kathy um, moans a lot and she's always complaining she's a big crybaby. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. It felt like there was going to be a B-plot. And yes. Like, yes. It didn't, it just didn't happen. <laughs> They're just yeah, a little bit. Uh, so yes, Claudia, out of pity, gives her some of her extra flowers, and that's the last we hear from Kathy. Um, <laughs> oh yes, Marianne brings Tigger in as a therapy kitten. <laughs> Secretly, obviously, smuggles Tigger in. <laughs> yes, in a box. This, this, this is a chaotic and lawless hospital, but not that chaotic and lawless. <laughs> yeah, and um, like. <laughs> Marianne's like, I knew this would make you feel better. And Claudia's like, oh, that's so cool. I, I like, could you take him away again, please? I'm really nervous. She's <laughs> like, yeah. really stressed out about the cat. Um, which is, it's kind of a reversal of their sort of usual yeah. <laughs> approach to life. Yes, that's true. Uh, Maybe that's the point, actually. It's like, hmm. Claudia is having to be the cautious one. Yeah. And also, I knew that the thing that would help you most in the entire world is... My cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Marianne. It's her her solution to everything is either kittens or the concept of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah, bring fair. you to New York. <laughs> so here, have a kitten. <laughs> I thought about wheeling you out on a gurney and putting you on a train, but instead I <laughs> If I am in hospital and either of you visits me, please do not bring a cat. <laughs> just just putting that out there. <laughs> Understood. I don't want a cat. Thanks. I know when you're talking to me. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) Hey, you both have cats now. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But I was kind of talking to you, yeah. (laughs) I I will tell the nurses on you. (laughs) Nurse, get these guests out of here. (laughs) Nurse, my visitor brought a cat. There's a cat in the ward, nurse. A cat. Also, my particular cat is like a gigantic beast, and the idea of trying to <laughs> smuggle him in under my coat, like, it would, it would not go well. Put him on a leash and say he's like your emotional support panther. <laughs> <laughs> like, then, then he got into the, the theatre, and uh, <laughs> after that, we had a small um, <laughs> incident with the guards, and yeah, it's fine now. 
<laughs> it's fine now, but I'll probably just send you flowers next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the flowers thing. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make sense. It's like, did you know you could get barred from a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> you can get barred from anywhere. <laughs> that would be a bigger problem yeah. for you, Aoife, because like, we at least live near a few hospitals. <laughs> There's only one show in town, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just sort of assuming that if you're visiting me in hospital, it's like I've moved back to Dublin and it's Beaumont, so. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, we will try and endeavour to not replicate any of the scenarios that take place in this book. <laughs> yeah, we also won't just bring like a bunch of other people's kids to visit you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's it's kind of, it's, it's crazy. Yes. Um, there's a lot going on in this hospital. It, uh, it is unrealistic hijinks, basically. Oh yeah. I mean, it's fun. The the Kishis have actually um they've they do actually support her now that she is injured. Like just, it's not a broad situation where like uh, yeah, they're they, not they have to her. bully her into doing better at school. It's it's you know, they can just be nice to her. So her her mom is very kind of, you know, supportive and there's always generally somebody in the hospital with her and Mimi spends a load of time. And Janine has delightfully brought in a selection of teen magazines suitable for Claudia and That's not so the nice. kind that um yeah so she, like people and teen, does she does she say teen vogue i think it's tiger, beat. Vogue. tiger beat tiger mm, beat 17 or something i think yeah um which is nice uh, and yes. cuz claudia and i don't know if this is claudia being really like having really sarcastic in her monologue or if she genuinely thinks that, that these are these are real fictional magazines that Janine might read, which like she didn't even like the kind of magazines that she, I, she would usually have be reading is like the joy of physics and <laughs> science, technology, and you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, are these real, <laughs> or are these real in Claudia's head? I'm probably really. <laughs> she probably doesn't realize that like the sort of magazines. Um, Janine Reads don't have those sort of snappy titles. Yes, They're they sound like 1950s Janine. instructional films. They do. Yes. And Janine just reads Nature and New Scientist. <laughs> and yeah. National Geographic. Um, no, The Joy of Physics, though. Like, what's that sound like? No, hang on. The Joy of Sex? Um, <laughs> is this another book by the same publisher, but kind of less popular? <laughs> Way less popular. <laughs> it's just got all these pictures of, like, naked astrophysicists hanging around the lab. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a genre of science known for its sexiness. <laughs> I only know one astrophysicist. I must ask. <laughs> anyway, Claudia's like, oh, that magazine is so boring. And Jane's like, hmm. <laughs> it's, it's actually like the, the fireman calendar. <laughs> Ooh, who's the centerfold this month? <laughs> Yeah, I think it just supports the notion that Janine has a life that, like, Claudia <laughs> totally yeah. underestimates and knows nothing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is the bit where I come up to, I thought they stopped sitting for Betsy, but they just they just keep on fucking babysitting for her. They're like, what? C- Cookie Sobak has some fucking neck I to know. ring up the next week after her child caused a serious accident and be like, so I'm going to need a sitter. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you got? What the hell, lady? I don't know. And like, she doesn't even seem that apologetic or anything. Mm. Like, I don't, I get it. Does she know it was Betsy's fault? I have to assume that like whoever they left to look after uh, Betsy when Claudia went away in an ambulance must have told her that. No, no, how would she? Because the person would have been like, the swing broke. Mm-hmm. 
Claudia and Betsy were on the swings and the swing broke. Not Betsy deliberately told Claudia to sit on the broken swing. Yeah, it's not like they that they know, the girls in the club don't necessarily know that Betsy has form for this kind of thing. I mean, they're like, oh, she's a bit of a practical joker. But um, yeah. they maybe don't, they haven't realised quite how like murderous she is. <laughs> I think by this point, Claudia must have told them. Um, yeah. Or at least written it in the club notebook. Maybe. And I mean, I think the thing is, she probably also did make it clear that Betsy forgot. She thought Claudia would sit in the swing, it would immediately fall. When they started swinging, she had forgotten that it was broken. Yeah, she didn't actually intend for Claudia's leg to get broken. She thought she'd like... Mm. Like, she didn't want to cause a serious injury. She wanted a minor bump to the ground. Yeah. And then it backfired and she forgot that it was dangerous, etc. So it wasn't... She's not quite as homicidal as she... Might seem, but still, still very, very culpable for that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm furious at the kid and mm. the fact that she doesn't fucking stop with the jokes. Yes, yeah, no, that is appalling. Actually, yeah, that you would continue to do that to like prank people. And I'm really unimpressed with how, like, how it's just such a bad example of how to deal with that. This book is a terrible example of how to deal with that. Yes, it really is. <laughs> it really is, yes. Um, I mean, it's quite clear that the Sobak parents, or mother, because we never ever see a father of yeah. any description, um, have... He works at Tilecorp. He's <laughs> Ooh, busy. Tilecorp. Uh, <laughs> um, they don't they don't really deal with it. No, they, they don't. give her warnings about it and they have told her to stop, but But they clearly just think it's kind of funny. Or they're or they're just ignoring it. Yeah. Um so Yeah. Yeah. So the club decide to beat her at her own game. Yeah. Which yeah, is not a good way of um of <laughs> engaging. No. I mean I remember thinking, what would I do? And even at thirteen, I think what I would have done was one more prank. And I'm telling your mother. Yeah. And I would have told her mother, and the next time I played, if there was another prank, I would have said, uh, we're not sitting for her anymore. She won't stop playing pranks. Yeah. Thank I... you for your custom. Goodbye. Yeah. I thought that's what had happened. Like, it's <laughs> like... bonkers that that's not what happened. <laughs> she caused a serious injury to somebody. Yeah. Um, through her, like, properly delinquent behavior. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like... only messing, but she really does not stop when no. she's repeatedly told to, and yeah. She's got no, like, I don't mind, like, the way the Pike kids are playing pranks and stuff, whatever, everyone gets into mm-hmm. pranks, it's a thing. They stop. When someone is like, no, seriously, I actually don't like this, mm-hmm. they stop. And that's the line that, like, Betsy just doesn't give a fuck about. Yeah. And that really, 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 really annoys me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I don't understand why they want to keep these people as clients. Like they're, yeah. they're just not worth it. No. There's a bazillion other kids in this town they could be minding. Yeah. Won't like probably won't break any of their legs. Exactly. It would have been a very short book, but in a way, I like I kind of hadn't realized that they had they I thought that there was like a sequence of escalating pranks uh, of and like of sessions where they sat for her and various things happened and then it ended with her hurting Claudia. But that's yeah. the start of it. That's yes. the very first day. And then yeah. they sit for her afterwards. And that makes so little sense. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I might have sat for her afterwards, assuming that, well, now she's seen what happens. Mm. She's not going to do that shit again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Then she clearly is going to, so. Yep. 
So yeah, Claudia, meanwhile, is like, yeah, kind of traumatized by this whole thing. Yeah. And is worrying. Uh, she gets anxious every time she's left alone and like isn't doesn't have anything to distract her mm-hmm. and is worried about having to quit and kind of doesn't really want to quit, but is worried that it's not safe to keep doing it. And she tries to talk to Mimi about it. And Mimi is like, yeah, I, I get what you're going through. And like, it's scary to not be in control of the situation, but like, that's kind of life. Um, mm. And Ashley is like, oh yeah, you should totally quit babysitting. And then you could focus on your art more. And Toddy is like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That's quite good. Um, quite good life advice though. Like, yeah. go to somebody yeah. who you know is going to tell you to do the thing. <laughs> like, and see how you feel yeah. about it. Um, yep. It's like flipping a coin and asking yourself before you look at it, which one do you actually want? Like, yeah. yeah. will you be happy if you get a heads? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, go to Ashley and see if you feel great about the notion that she's going to, like, try and persuade you to do the thing she want- you know she wants you to do. <laughs> yes, that is, that's a very good point. Um, so yes, meanwhile, the other girls start this prank war. So Mallory has to rent a bunch of prank items off her brothers, <laughs> 50 cent per item, which Christy very magnanimously says she'll reimburse her out of the club juice. Yeah, I love that Christy is like, she volunteers, she's like, oh yeah, you should put that down and that's a, that's an expense. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dawn calls Jeff in California for prank advice and Christy's like, oh yeah, we'll reimburse you for that phone call as well. <laughs> It's nice to see Christy taking some responsibility towards her club members. Yes, it's a a very serious thing, clearly. Yes, (laughs) Yes, they do pranks. Mallory is paranoid and doesn't trust Betsy, but they kind of have fun pranking each other. And Mallory's like, I guess we probably shouldn't be doing this, but like, it was kind of fun, so it's grand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not great life advice. No. Yeah, I mean, I think they all kind of feel this isn't working, but I don't know what else to do. And the answer is tell the kids fucking mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is above your pay grade. The very start of it, she says, oh, I'm not supposed to play pranks anymore. My mom doesn't know that I do. Yeah. This she... means you need to tell her mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she's doing it anyway. I do love Jeff's idea for an incredibly elaborate prank, which is to pack Betsy's entire bedroom with scrunched up newspaper so she can't get in, which is just delightfully bonkers. (laughs) It would would take some time. I have seen people um, in the modern era fill their roommates' bedrooms full of, like, ball pit balls and stuff yes but that requires a credit card (laughs) oh god can you imagine how insufferable betsy would be like now with like tiktok she would be videoing all of these pranks god that would be at least a justification for doing it though yes yeah like she's just doing to be mean yeah uh she puts slime in don's kid kit which is not on because kid kits are fucking sacred Mm. yeah it's also slime is um if I to be if I'm to believe the internet it's become a fairly recent craze but I guess it's been around for a long time like yeah, there's this one yeah. particular YouTuber who really popularized it in the last few years so that's like now a thing that you need to know how to make with recipes <laughs> to be when a parent yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's a vital component to parenting <laughs> nah there's always been slime though I definitely remember having slime mm. yeah some kind of slime yeah yeah. <laughs> 
You get like little plastic cans of it. Yeah, you get a tub. <laughs> You'd stick your thumb in it and it would make a fart noise. Yeah. How yeah. we laughed. Oh. I kind of want one of those now for just to have on my desk. <laughs> that would be really you fun. You could make some. Good fidget toy. You would love that, Esther. That would be a great thing for you to have to remove off the audio. <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> Slurping <laughs> farting sounds. <laughs> I really appreciate you not clicking the clicky pen tonight, by the way. Thank you. I have noted and appreciated it. I haven't done that for weeks. I put my clicky pen up here. It's out of reach <laughs> unless I really try. So Mallory has better success, I think. Um, I think it's the proximity to the three brothers and the just general levels of like bullshit going down yeah. Pike House all the time. Uh, whereas yeah. Dawn is, kind of takes it all a bit more seriously and is, is a bit less... Um, a bit less successful. Yeah. Christy gets a joke consultant on board. And <laughs> I, I like this. Christy is quite good in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from the ha 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 pranking Marianne uh, thing, which, uh, but clearly she takes this really seriously. Um, well, it's and an she... attack on the club and you don't fuck with the babysitter's club. Uh, yes. No. Absolutely. They look after the road. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy Sobak isn't going to be a problem for us anymore. <laughs> Stony Brook gets dark sometimes when you least expect it. <laughs> so, yes, Christy's brother Sam is called in to help. And I did remember his pièce de résistance from the, um, oh my God, I can never, ever say a French phrase properly, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've embarrassed myself so many times. Oh my God, there's going to be like a supercut of me trying to say <laughs> speak French. There is now. That's <laughs> just starting the editing as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, uh, I remember <laughs> um, his showpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered that part. Uh, I had some questions about it at the time, which makes slightly more sense now, but hmm, yeah. Uh, so Christy does an interesting thing where she takes Betsy to the cinema as a babysitting job. And also, can I just say the parents are still are cheapskates as well as everything else? Yeah. yeah. Because um, they're like, oh yeah, will you take Betsy to the cinema and um, we'll pay for the tickets and popcorn, but you're like, it's a free movie, so we're not going to pay you. Uh, and yeah. I was like, That's... fucking no. Like, <laughs> then I won't take your kids to the cinema. We yeah. can sit home and watch a tape. Yeah. Fuck you, pay me. Yes. Christy's flaw in her business model is that she doesn't insist on getting paid enough um, she's too willing to compromise on price. You shouldn't do that. You should be like, no, get in the, yeah. get in the money's bottom line. Um, but yeah, so she agrees to this anyway. I think maybe partly because she knows it's going to be a great opportunity to put her plan. Yeah. <laughs> into, into play. But she, um, she does a thing where she, once they pick up Betsy and they're in the car on the way to the cinema, she's like, she gives her an ultimatum. And she says, there will be, um, no pranks at all tonight. Do you agree to this? Do you promise not to do any more yeah, pranks? Makes your promise. And Betsy promises. And Christy's like, okay, if she sticks to this, then, you know, I won't be the aggressor. I will wait. You know, yeah. that's fine. That makes it Betsy's fault. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Betsy immediately violates the agreement. Like just, yeah. just within like five minutes. And Christy's like, for God's sake. <laughs> Um, Esther, I can see that you're looking at pages because the light on your face changes. So you're clearly doing the supercut right now, aren't you? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, I'm actually looking at what it is that Betsy did to her classmates who mm. that made them hate her so much because they 
meet a bunch of kids from Betsy's class at school yes. and they're all like, oh, fucking Betsy. They're so, yeah, they're, they're really angry. They call her a whole bunch of names. <laughs> yes. Yes, she put uh, put a bag of water on the bathroom door to fall on one of the kids. A uh, fake ants and Justin's sandwich, a fake fly in Joey's pudding and fake barf in Hillary's lunch. Um, which Betsy says, Betsy is described as looking both guilty and proud of herself. And then she's like, yeah, I don't think the other kids like me much. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because pranks are fucking stupid. Yes. <laughs> I'm impressed at her being able to pull off the bag of water thing. That I mean, that's some good motor skills. But that yeah. also, to me, that's a booby trap. Yes. Um, yeah. And I always wanted to be able to do those. It's 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 not a prank so much as, you know, oh, you look kind of like an idiot. Um, <laughs> it's it's more like I need to achieve a particular purpose in stopping you from going into this room or distracting you or something like that. That I, yeah. you know, I can get behind. I never had a reason to do it, <laughs> but I kind of wanted one. Using a Ziploc bag of water is very clever. That wouldn't occur yeah. to me. That's a That's a good improvement over a bucket. Mm, yes you wouldn't hurt somebody on the yeah. other hand you might just have a bag of water fall on your head and remain zipped <laughs> until it almost the definitely unzip a bit though yeah yeah, yeah. you'd have to make sure to use like a cheap off-brand one that would pop up oh, yeah. easily <laughs> yeah. don't, don't use a name brand ziploc go to deals get your ziploc bags there this episode is sponsored by ziploc bags <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say the chances are it might hit you and not explode until it hit the floor. I'd yes. say that the full height drop would yeah. make it explode. At which point you're like, ah, the floor is now wet. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yes, Christy deploys her, her prank. Is it just the one prank that she has? Oh, yeah. So she... Um, First moves where she's sitting when Betsy goes to get popcorn and Christy changes seats. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is very effective because yeah. the peer pressure element is there, which Christy couldn't have planned for. But like, yeah, yeah. the other kids are watching Betsy roam around the cinema going, Christy, did, where are you? Did you abandon me? Um, and the movie is practically starting and people are like, shh, be quiet. I thought yeah. that was kind of too mean to do to a kid, to be honest. I thought it was really mean. I, I didn't like that prank. I'm really bad at remembering like places and... Mm. Like, so often I've just been like, I don't know where my friends are. Fuck. In the cinema. Yeah. I think it just hit home for me. And not as bad as that time that I was swimming with my friends and I took my glasses off and I really can't see. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I hadn't memorized their swimsuit and swim hat colors, so I just had to sit there mm. at the side of the pool for about 10 minutes till they found me. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, thinking that a grown-up has abandoned you when you're a kid is, like, Ooh. that's very scary. Yeah. Um, Christy is playing hardball. Christy is oh, definitely she, playing she is. hardball. Which, I mean, it's not as hardball as breaking someone's legs. So. Yeah. The, yeah. The gloves are off with Christy. Yes. Um, and she yeah. reckons she she did the ultimatum and uh, they're now past the point where she's yes. going to feel bad about it. So yeah. she's her, just going to go. <laughs> her next prank is a bit more wholesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Wholesomely gross. <laughs> is this the, um, the popcorn thing? Yes. The, the popcorn yeah, so um, what I remember reading this. So she describes, she's holding the popcorn. She's not eating it anymore, but Betsy's still eating it. She's got her thumb and she's worked it into the flap on the bottom of the carton. And I remember thinking it and being like, sorry, I was reading it as a child and thinking, 
it's very convenient that there's just a flap in the bottom. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, no, this is how the thing there is, is a flap. That's I, how I was works. picturing like a like a little hatch <laughs> uh, yes. for for prank purposes. So yeah, she has a gross plastic thumb borrowed off Sam, yeah, uh, which is in the bottom of. She is now inserted into the bottom of the popcorn. And when Betsy eventually comes to the thumb, she's like, ah, it's disgusting. And of course, it's a theatre, so it has this whole thing of they're being watched and there's loads of angry people who want to watch the movie and don't want to hear screaming. Um, So uh, do they eventually get thrown out or do they wind up seeing the rest of the movie? They get threatened with with being thrown out. I don't think they actually get thrown out. That that, that elder is uniquely Stacey's. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I do love... um, Christy, like, Betsy's like, why are you doing this to me? And Christy goes, well, uh, I did it because you gave Claudia pepper gum, you hid from Mallory, you made Dawn eat shaving cream, and you squirted away with your pen. And one of the other kids across the aisle goes, and you put barf on my lunch. (laughs) 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 They've had an audience. Yep. Uh, and then Betsy finally pieces together that maybe everyone's pissed off with her because she broke Claudia's fucking leg. Yeah. And I think the real revelation to, to Betsy is like, oh, it feels bad when you're pranked. <laughs> yes. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, had you not noticed everyone getting really fucking mad at you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've many episodes of this podcast have established how like Eva feels about pranks in particular <laughs> she's making a good face here so yeah Be- Betsy like yes finally realizes what a terrible terrible person she's been basically <laughs> so Christy decides it's a good time to haul her rent to Claudia for a face to face proper apology <laughs> and not before time Yep, Claudia is hoping that a cute boy will come visit her literally any cute boy any cute boy she's not fussy <laughs> That's so relatably 13. If I was 13 yeah. and I was at home with a broken leg, I would be definitely hoping that cute boy would turn up with like flowers and like to mop my brow and stuff. Yeah. It would definitely not happen. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. I forget this bit. God, it's like a week ago. <laughs> I just have a, a big sections of it are blank. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I read it, but it's not that interesting. Uh, they turn up. Betsy apologizes um, and takes... Uh, Christy takes her away again and then she comes back and Claudia says that she's been embarrassed about having been pranked but like that's not a good enough reason to give up babysitting because mm-hmm. like babysitting is life you guys mm-hmm. uh, and she's decided that um, this doesn't happen very much and it'll probably be fine yeah that's actually I was like, so Claudia recognizes that the statistical likelihood of meeting another Betsy is quite low. Yeah. And I was like, this makes her better at statistics than almost everyone in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Risk assessment is not something most people are good at. A scary thing happened to me once. I'm never going to do the thing that led to it again, even though that scary thing really doesn't happen often. Well, there we go. It's the difference between being academic and being smart. Yep. Yeah. She's not yeah. good at school, but she's good at figuring this situation out. She, she probably knows that a vaccine is better than the horrible disease you're being vaccinated against. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> I'm she, not yeah. going to make assumptions, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing she could work that out, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the Babysitter's Club as a whole is, is pro-vax. I mean, yeah. like, I don't think Christy would yeah. be cool with the amount of sick leave everyone would have to take if they weren't vaccinated. <laughs> 
That's true. Pandemics are bad for business. Vaccines are efficient. <laughs> I bet that like Sweet Valley is an absolute COVID hotspot. Because uh, <laughs> they're all going to the fucking beach disco all the time. Constantly having house parties <laughs> yeah. and pool parties. and Yeah. And, like the Stony Brook kids are fine because they've been sensible. But the, there's probably a little cluster that can be traced back to some like sex party among the parents. Oh yeah, well we know what Stony Brook is like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, which is very annoying to Christy, who like wants to get back to normal as fast as possible. Oh, there's no babysitting because everyone's parents are at home all the time. Yes. Oh yeah. She's just she's trying to do Zoom babysitting, and she's like, like. Byron, what are you doing? Like, I can't, he's got out of shot. Tell me what your brother's doing. Make him stop doing that, Adam. Uh, no, don't get involved. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nikki's like, oh, they're making me Zoom with the girls. I want a breakout room with just the triplets. And he's there on his own. Because they don't want to be in the breakout room with him. Also, oh my God, could you imagine being in the Pike house during lockdown? Oh, Christ. <laughs> I think I'd break my own leg just to get out of it. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd, I'd, I'd just take my risks with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm Bye. just going to go for a long walk. Hang out in the mall, maybe. Pop some bubble yeah. gum. I think, yeah. I mean, I could actually see what might have worked uh, over the, the nice weather was being like, who wants to go camping in the garden? The children. Yeah, outside. You just just go feral. Don't come back in. Bye. No, no rules. Just be in your tent by eight o'clock. <laughs> just be outside of the house with the door locked. <laughs> I've decided my children need to like spend some time living in the wilderness. Exactly. Spy on the French neighbours or whatever. <laughs> yeah, why have we never heard any more about the French spy neighbours? <laughs> I'm sad about we this. We live in hope. Fingers crossed. So yeah, that's the end, basically. There's another chapter where Claudia gets her cast off and Mm -hmm. her leg is wasted away to nothing, but it's fine. Um, Betsy's got a new prank catalogue, but she hasn't actually played any pranks. Um, Mm. Betsy will never change. Betsy will never change. And they will continue to accommodate her like the terrifying creaky stare she is and mm. uh, Sam is still doing terrible prank calls and mm. everything's back to normal oh yes and Christy is still fantasizing about getting hit in the face with a pie the end the end the end. The, the only thing that I remarked on in the closing chapter was the fact that Mrs. Barrett needs a sitter but not until three weeks from Saturday and I'm like that is way too organized for Mrs. Barrett what <laughs> happened it, uh, court appearance <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there is a good line actually where um Mrs. Kishi makes a terrible joke. I can't remember what it is when um, Claudia's getting her cast off. Oh, yes. She goes, out, well, don't worry. I'm sure they've never lost a limb yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, Claudia says something along the lines of, adults have a stock of jokes that you get when you turn 21. Um, and you just, they just use them forever and they never change them. I'm like, this is the most genuine teenage sentiment that, yeah. Has, yeah. <laughs> the way that we have seen in the books. Yeah. so far I remember thinking this <laughs> and then the doctor is like don't worry Claudia we've never lost a limb yet and like <laughs> Claudia's like I fucking knew it yeah the doctor and Mrs. Kishi are like communicating in adult telepathy yeah yes. <laughs> it's it's just a it's a lot of pranks yeah many of which feel like they were sort of generated by the author flipping through a joke catalogue yes. yeah very much so so she herself seems to have really liked pranks, according to the um, 
like the outro piece that she wrote. Well, all she really says is she loved ordering things from catalogs. Mm. But the implication is that she did order pranks from catalogs. Yeah, she said, "Oh, I haven't, um, I haven't ordered, ordered a, a prank for a long time." Yeah, uh, maybe she ordered like one or two, but she definitely read them. So, like, yeah, the, the, like there's definitely like a fascination with pranks mm. through this. Yes, definitely. I remember. Like, my dad is the exact same age as her. And I remember ah. him saying that, like, he was always fascinated by the ads for weird prank items that you'd get in the back of comics and stuff like that. Like, there were, like, x-ray glasses that you could supposedly use to see girls' underwear and various other prank items. That feels familiar. I think I've seen ads like that, like, very retro ones. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, but yeah, he said, like, they did get a lot of these ads and they were kind of weirdly fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of kids playing pranks on each other. Apparently the slapstick film festival was very inspirational. I wish there was a slapstick film festival on, like I would just put my kids in front of it and leave. <laughs> They're too small to actually put any of that stuff into practice. And they absolutely fucking love like people falling over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, you could probably just queue up a lot of slapstick stuff. I should do that. There's probably and some on YouTube. On YouTube and sit them down in front of it when you really need a break. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do <lost>. not... <laughs> Google pie in the face. Oh God, do not do not Google that. <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a thing. It's almost definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, yeah, I, I like... Um, Jesse at one point is sitting for some of the kids... In so somewhere in Stony Brook, uh, and Jesse is very over the whole prank things before it even begins. It's yeah. it's very much a par for like Jesse's just very deadpan way of viewing the world. She's yeah. like, no, I'm, I've got I've got no time for this at all. But uh, she answers the phone to some. There's some chronic prank calling going on, yeah. and they try the Prince Albert and Can thing on her, uh, and like. None of these kids are old enough to know what that's about. <laughs> no. I think they just know it as a prank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they're all speaking this his weird historical language. It's a meme. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a meme, like completely divorced from its original meaning. Yeah, that's that's just so strange to think about. But anyway, um, maybe Jesse does know what it's about. But anyway, uh, she, someone's like, "Oh, do you have Prince Albert in a can?" And she, or do you have? No, they get it wrong, and they say, uh, "Do you have Prince Albert there?" And she says. Yes, but he can't come to the phone right now. He's outside waxing his yacht. And she puts down the phone. <laughs> yes, I yes. that was brilliant. That was great. I remember that line as well. I was like, yeah, this is a... <laughs> um, it's it's a good response. It's yes. kind of like Stacy being asked to s- how much the folding tables were at the garage sale and saying <laughs> like, that they were $900. <laughs> yeah. Can I just like... say, there was a, a Stacy moment in this that cracked me up. Oh, yeah? uh, so she's like on the phone with Claudia a few times during the book. And at one point, Claudia is like, she's really fed up uh, from being at home and she's really bored and stuff and getting kind of cranky from it. And Stacey's like, oh yeah, once I was off school for a month with diabetes and I was getting so annoying that my mom threatened to go get a full-time job. <laughs> it's like, oh, ha, ha, what a jolly jeep. Imagine getting a job. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Imagine eating two incomes. Wild. Yeah. Wow, Mrs. McGill. What a hilarious far-fetched scenario you came up with there. It's pretty rare in the families that we're we're looking at. I guess it's like some people don't even think about that as the yeah. as like an option. Um and yeah, they 
they have a lot of um, embezzlement money floating around in that <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're, they're loaded with all that tax dodgy money there. <laughs> it's just like most people, if they wanted to make a wacky threat, would say, I'm going to run away with the circus or something. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to go seek gainful employment. That's what you've driven your mother to. Yeah. Maybe she was actually saying, no, I'm seriously thinking about going back to work. And Stacy was like, Oh, you don't need to be on my case all the time, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. That's entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that like we're only getting this filtered through a bunch of thirteen year olds, so like mm. what actually happened may be quite far removed from what we're hearing. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a kind of it's a kind of a short discussion because it's a kind of a short book. Like there's Yeah, like it's the answer is if a child if a small child won't stop pranking you just do increasingly mean pranks to the small child. Mm-hmm. Eventually you'll win. Yeah. This is a terrible message. And if it turns out all their classmates hate them, maybe you can use that against them too. Yeah. Mm. No weapon is off the table because they broke a promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's framed as a somebody gets a richly deserved comeuppance. Yeah. And yeah. like, Christy is older than her, but not like not as old as we are. <laughs> so. no. Yeah, she's not an adult. No. Mm. I just don't feel great about how anyone behaves in this. No, it's... Oh. Like, I also get that, you know, I, I'm not necessarily expecting a bunch of 13 and 11-year-olds to come up with a, a really good solution to this, mm. except that the solution is to tell the kid's mum yeah. mm-hmm. and stop babysitting for her. Yeah. And that they probably should have come up with. It's this thing where they think they have to fix the problem themselves, but they're 13. Mm. Yes. They're not just babysitters. They're family therapists on minimum wage. But they're in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're about as good a family therapist as you'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. It kind of seems to me like <clears throat> the book is sort of framed around the concept of a prank war. Yeah. Um, But it... <laughs> Like, huh, how do I get that? How will I get one of those up and running? Okay, I'll do it like this. And I'll make everybody behave in ways that are actually very inadvisable (laughs) on one hand and kind of terrifying. And I have said sociopathic already once in this episode, but like, seriously, keeping on going is terrifying. Shows a level of like, not... Callousness. Yeah, exactly. And pranks fucking suck anyway. You know what would have been a lot of fun? (laughs) A book about what? a Christie versus Alan Gray pl- prank war. Yes. I yes. would have been all that over that. would have been, you know, a battle of equals. It would have been lots of fun. There would have been hilarity and hijinks. And and then towards the end, someone could have got hurt and they could realize, oh, maybe pranks sometimes go too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should prank only people who appreciate being pranked and not Aoife. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like very confused if you had been brought up specifically at the time, but I guess it would I mean, all yes, make sense by now. Like, but imagine how satisfying this moment would be. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> finally, it's true. Everything does finally make sense once you grow up. <laughs> Even highly specific things like this, yes. which can really only be explained by Aoife time traveling, which yep. stop it. I mean, I was alive at this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Karen reading this like as a small child with huge glasses and being like, what's a podcast? I don't know any Aoife's. Everyone would have been equally confused by the concept <laughs> yes. of a podcast. What? People are allowed to make radio? 
themselves? <laughs> they don't have to pass an exam or anything? It's no, anarchy. that's nonsense. <laughs> Maybe they just record it on a tape deck and play it for their friends. <laughs> oh, well, Esther certainly did that. I 100% did that. Who didn't do that as a kid? <laughs> Karen, I guess, because she found it hilarious that I did. No, I did. I... My friends had a microphone and we absolutely did that. I, I didn't do it, but probably only because I didn't have the tech, but Esther specifically yeah. did it with hilarious consequences. Yes, my parents still have the tapes and oh, no. I played some of them for Karen and another <laughs> friend a few years ago and they laughed a lot. <laughs> oh no please please tell the piece of original fiction that you definitely wrote beforehand and did not just come up with on the fly i I, the world needs to hear it (laughs) yes it featured the narrator who was a sort of cynical jaded adult woman of non-specific adult age looking out the window and watching the kids playing peacefully outside and taking such joy in the simple pleasures of being outside and playing and being young and you know adults we just don't have that all we have to do for fun is office parties (laughs) 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 office parties were the most grown-up thing i could think of (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> what was the antithesis of wholesome, innocent childhood fun? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, parties, it like... is, but it's also not really what most adults consider. Like, <laughs> No, it's not what we think of as this is what we do for fun now that we're adults. But my parents had emphasized to me several times just how shitty office parties were. So I was like, okay, this is the worst aspect of adulthood, obviously. <laughs> the hell of bills and taxes is yeah. definitely office parties. All we have is office parties. And yeah, the narrator <laughs> resolves to be more like the kids and <laughs> spend less of her time and energy on office parties. <laughs> That's delightful. Oh. I mean, I'm proud to say that, like, I'm I'm now 36, and I've never been to a single office party, and almost certainly never will. So <laughs> I guess I'm living an adulthood that child me would have been pleased with, <laughs> and, and and I think adult you should be pleased with that too. I am very very pleased. I mean, I think that can sometimes be fun when it's like people are drinking in unusual circumstances and sometimes somebody like photocopies parts themselves that you don't normally see but i've had fun at office parties but i wouldn't say that it's their natural tendency i mean it was more despite the fact that it was an office party yeah they're they're wearing an awful lot of sexual harassment lawsuits seem to come out of so like yeah yeah they're not universal good times i mean um, yeah. <laughs> I got I got like grabbed from behind and lifted up off the ground by a guy from sales while I was on stage doing the birdie dance so my table could win a fucking prize. Oh Christ. I just sort of like <laughs> yelled at him to fuck off until the MC made him let me go. Jesus. But they didn't do anything to him because the year before he threw a chair at the CEO's head and they didn't do anything to him then either. Oh my god. Oh, hang on a second. I just realized what it is that adults do for fun. Exactly the same thing I was doing for fun, making those radio shows on a tape deck. With this. Oh, yes. That's true. (laughs) Except at least now I'm not ad-libbing my terrible original content. (laughs) That's fair. I I mean, mean, no, we're all ad-libbing our terrible original content. Yeah, that's a good description of what we're doing right now. 
But to be fair to me, I also LARP and play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like a real grown-up. Okay, yeah, being a grown-up is a lot more like being a kid. Um, there's a lot less office parties to contend with, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you still get all those bills, but, you know. There's, yeah, it's not as bad as, like, your seven-year-old self-envisioned Esther. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be boring. I'm definitely not wistfully looking out the window and wishing I could regain my lost youth and innocence because I go to too many office parties. <laughs> Maybe for other reasons, but not because it's the office parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When will my office party return from war? <laughs> I mean, that would be a particularly sad reason to be pining for your lost youth and innocence. <laughs> God, yeah. this year people probably are pining for office parties. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd go to one if you invited me right now and I could do so safely. For but, the sheer yeah. novelty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every now and again you'll see what's clearly a work party taking place somewhere mm. that you happen to also be. And it's like, what if I just joined in what if i just like <laughs> crashed it's in this you know ballroom of somewhere that i'm like a hotel where i'm eating dinner and i'm like ooh, yeah, i'll just wander in and you could just do that kind of con artist thing of pretend that someone whoever you talk to pretend that you're someone else's co-worker yeah and everyone mm. is too embarrassed to confront you on it and you just sort of drift in yeah you could go for like the free booze and food and stuff but like, I would just want to hear all the grudges. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, you would be in there for the gossip. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's even better when you don't know who any of the people are. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's true. I think, um, yeah. I once crashed an engagement party by accident. <laughs> was this the one where you were the only people dancing? Yeah, it was in a pub down the country. And we didn't realise that the DJ and dance floor was for an engagement party. We thought that it was just the pub had that. Like, we were on our holidays. We thought that that was what the, that the pub was there. So me and my friends started getting up and... Like, they were playing a load of cheesy pop. Mm-hmm. We started getting up and... I think our thing at that time was that we were trying to do, like, pantomimes of the lyrics of the song. <laughs> we thought we were hilarious. So, we're like, we were trying to do Rolling in the Deep um, while oh. rolling our hands and pointing downwards. Yeah. So, you know, we were just goofing around, dancing, having fun, and... Um, then uh, someone came up to us in the bathroom and was like, you're the dancing girls. Thank you so much. It's my engagement party and no one was dancing. <laughs> That's probably the wrong accent, by the way. <laughs> I think it's one you did before, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But like, it's still probably the wrong accent. That sounds a bit cork. She's she's going to hear this and be like, That's not what my accent sounds like. <laughs> Mystery Bride, if you're listening, please uh, send us a Vine with your real accent. Yeah. A vine. A yeah. vine. A vine. Yeah. You heard me. Gone, I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good though. Maybe um, she'll have a terrible French accent. <laughs> <gasps> Drama. I think that's kind of it? Yeah. Like, there's shockingly for a Claudia book, there's really very little fashion talk at all. Yeah. I think she was a bit constrained because of the cast for most of it. <laughs> yeah. She bemoans the fact that Christy won't even try wearing a floppy bow on her head to liven up her outfit. She does. <laughs> Could you imagine Christy there with like her scruffy jeans, turtleneck, sweater, like just pair of runners and a floppy bow in her yeah. hair? <laughs> and what was it? Some interesting ponytail holders. No. I think, yeah, she fundamentally misunderstands where Christie's priorities are. I, th- I think, yeah. Is ponytail holder Americanese for, 
like a bobbin. Yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. so long. It is. Yeah. Bobbin. Bobble. Go-go in certain places. Oh, yes, go-go. Yes. <laughs> I think that's like Wexford. Uh, it's Sligo. Oh, really? Among other places, I think. Oh, so it's outside yeah. the pale, then. <laughs> if it's got both Sligo and Wexford. Ah, cool. Niche. Yeah, I just tend to say hair ties to avoid, like, regional confusion. <laughs> but yeah, whatever you call them, Christy isn't interested. Yeah, no. Is everybody in this book terrible? Yes. Yeah. Categorically. I think Claudia isn't. Yeah, that's true. Cla- yeah, Claudia's okay. <laughs> she's the victim. She's very passive. <laughs> she's the victim. Everyone else is terrible. Mm-hmm. I have no time for any of these people. Good to have that question answered. Yeah, no, it's it's vital. Uh, yeah, this book was, I mean, it did have life lessons. We've already discussed those life lessons extensively. Don't tell an adult, just play really mean pranks on an eight-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. And um, when you go to hospital, make sure they give you the good drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that. I think that's that. Uh, if you were similarly underwhelmed by this book, let us know on our social media. Um <laughs> <laughs> We're on Twitter as at Podcast Dawn. We're on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook as the Podcast at Dawn's House. And we have an email at the Podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com. Uh, also, please leave us, leave us a review uh, because those bring great joy to our heart. Mm-hmm. They do. We like screenshot them and share them in our group chat and squee about them. Yes, they make us <laughs> like, very, very happy. So yeah, I think that's that's all. And in summary, um pranks are still bad. Pranks are still bad. Pranks Don't are still bad them. and astrophysics is surprisingly sexy. It's named after Mr. Stevens. (laughs) The inventor of the ballpoint pen or something. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I think that's Mr. Byro. Yeah, or Laszlo Byro. Yes. Laszlo Byro and Marcel Bich, actually, I think as well has a, they they may both have invented it. There are two guys. That's amazing, really. (laughs) Um, Am I? Is that right? Why am I Googling this? this? No, I think that's right. Did we discuss this last week? Were we discussing pens? I was discussing pens with someone intensely and I was Googling the history of pens. No, it wasn't us. Yeah, I definitely was Googling the history of pens. And uh... I think Byro invented them and Marcel Bick uh, of Bick Pens uh, Perfected them. became a huge manufacturer of them. Yeah, I mean... I just kind of shipping Laszlo Byro and Marcel Bick without knowing a single thing about them, except that they were both super into ballpoint pens. <laughs> Enemies to lovers. Yeah, 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 exactly. You see? And or they go to a big pen convention and there's only one room left and it's only got one bed. There's only one bed at the Byro convention, yes. which Marcel refuses to call a Byro convention. Of course. <laughs> the yeah. ballpoint pen convention. <laughs>